<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and I'm with Rob. It is Sunday at about 5.30, and we are still recovering from the Duke game yesterday. Uh, lots of sadness, lots of uh, threes not made by us, and so we're going to talk all about it. But, Rob, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm still recovering from the game and, mm-hmm. and the night and uh-huh. everything. So it, it's not all doom and gloom, which is, I guess, kind of what we'll talk about, mm-hmm. but... Uh, it, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> our, our takeaway overall is that Duke is good, and we are also good. But Duke is has been better the two yeah. times that we've played them this season. Duke Duke is the best team in the country. Like By I far. don't know how Tennessee is still ranked number one. I don't know if they will be come Monday. They, I don't think they but will like, be. I anybody think, who watched that game and didn't come come out with the takeaway that Duke's number one, like I don't know what to tell you. I think that the AP voters are going to be so drawn in by Zion and RJ and cam reddish and all of them that they they're gonna have to put duke in number one i mean they just beat the number three team on the road by 10 Mm -hmm. in the game that really honestly wasn't that close yeah the closest was probably at halftime when we had that run and then of course halftime doomed that run because we weren't playing but (laughs) yeah so i think we're gonna just jump right into it but rob i want your reactions first and rob actually rewatched the game this morning so we can do a reaction from from last night and then we can do a reaction again from this morning so yeah well the reason i watched the game rewatched the game this morning is because i didn't remember much from the game <laughs> last night <laughs> there was a lot going on at the bar i was at and you know it just we, there was anger there was it was sad were you at arlington rooftop i was okay which by the way is also the same place i was when we lost to umbc so I think <laughs> I think I'm just gonna cut that one out of the rotation. I don't, you're not allowed back at that. Yeah, bar. I'm, I think that one might be gone. Um, but yeah, so I mean, last night I knew they made a lot of threes, you know, and that was kind of it. You know, it started out what they started five for five for threes, seven for eight. You know, you you kind of knew like, oh man, like I feel like most big games Virginia ends up winning. They're the ones getting out to the lead first. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's a huge advantage for us and our style to be out in the lead. Right. And, you know, that didn't happen. And coming into halftime, you know, we had a chance. But then Duke did the same thing to start the second half, which is just go out on a run. And although we got close, just like you said before we started recording, we can never really catch up and get the momentum. So I had the feel for the game, but... Mm -hmm. You know, watching it this morning, you see the little intricacies. You can see, you know, Tony Bennett had a zone on a possession or two. Like, mm-hmm. he tinkered with that. Uh, you know, you saw, I think we were affected in the second half without Mamadi Diakite. I think Ty Jerome was a little rusty last night. Mm-hmm. You know, you just pick up on some little things that happen. But I don't know. What are your kind of takeaways from it? Well, I only watched it last night, and I was disappointed it's like the first one all over again right i was disappointed but i totally understand why we lost and the first time it was because we couldn't stop them from getting in the lane mm-hmm. this time it was the complete opposite because we not we could not stop them from shooting over us yeah. and that they just shot us out of the building yeah. and it was disheartening because there was nothing like it wasn't even that they were totally unguarded some of them were but a lot of them were contested and mm-hmm. they were are just so tall and athletic and good that they just outshot us 
and we could never really get a rhythm going. Like we would score a point or we would make a basket, make a three, and then they would come right back and do the same. So it wasn't, there was no way that we could get back into it because they would keep the score at about seven or it felt like seven or eight the whole time. Yeah. Basically. There was just we, a barrier. That yeah. We just couldn't, couldn't we just couldn't get past that. So it was disheartening that we played that well. Like we scored 71 points. If we score 71 points, we're usually winning that game ba- based on our 10. <laughs> yeah. And we just could not do that. Yeah. This and time. the crazy part is, is that I, I think we were number one in the country or number two in the country prior to the game. And, three-point percentage defense mm-hmm. you know it was like 24 percent we were allowing and duke was one of the worst yeah they were shooting only like 30 low 30s percent from three right now we're second in the country per kempom uh 26.5 percent three-point defense but yeah. yeah i mean like that's that's not how you would have thought duke was going to beat us no and tony said we, they probably overcorrected yeah and but i don't yeah. i don't even think they did overcorrect like duke is not a three-point shooting team that's how syracuse beat them right mm-hmm. syracuse put them in a zone and dared them to shoot over it yeah and they couldn't they shot 43s in the syracuse game mm-hmm. and they hit barely any of them i don't yeah. know how many they hit but it wasn't enough and in this game too they we dared them to shoot over us and mm-hmm. they looked at looked tony straight in the eye and said all right and did it and so it's tough when the team does that to you and you know a good team like duke this year is so they're they're beatable as rob rob keeps saying that he wants another (laughs) chance at them but this is a beatable duke team that comes to play when they play us yeah i mean they're just big to it they're they're used to it Mm -hmm. you know they know the big spotlight they know Mm -hmm. what it's about and like one thing that i kind of thought of this morning is we're still relatively new, like all things considered, to kind of being like in the national spotlight. Now, I guess it's been four, maybe five years, but Duke's had it going straight for, mm-hmm. you know, my whole lifetime and beyond that, you know. And Duke just gets up for these games. And the minute I knew, like, obviously the threes at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's a troubling start. And then I think it was Cam Reddish banked in a three. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, like, I mean, is, that, is this how it's going to go? It was just literally everything they were throwing up like they started five for five and it was crazy i knew i i felt bad after the zion breakaway dunk and he just tomahawked the almost ripped the net down yeah and i was texting some of my friends i was like i don't feel good about this and they were like wait wait, wait just just hold on and then at halftime it felt good but once again it it was bad basically the whole way through yeah, yeah. well that's that's something i want to bring up is the fast break dunk zion had because they had 17 fast break points which mm-hmm. is too many you know like the way we play we're designed not to allow fast break points and we gave up 17 of them and it, a lot of them came from turnovers mm-hmm. and you know we're still really good you know on the whole season at not turning the ball over i forget i think we're like top 10 or something as far well, as turnovers we go. were number one but i don't know where we're at now because of the past three games we're 10th right now okay well, then, yeah, it's bad. It's yeah. been bad the past three games. Well, we've turned the ball over 15-plus times, I think, in each game. It was 14 against Miami, and it was 14 against Duke. Okay. And we had, I think it was 16 against Louisville. I might be wrong. Not, not Louisville. North North Carolina, NC State. Either way, yeah. there's there's been more turnovers recently, and I don't know if we can attribute that to Ty being out one of those games and kind of working his way back last night or if it's just kind of a mid-season slump and a slump is putting a slump's not a bad thing and i don't think they're in a slump but just mid-season tiredness legs mentally mm-hmm. all that because uh, we're halfway through the acc schedule now or 10 games in maybe i don't know but it's just a trend and something that i think can be corrected and will be corrected uh but i think that played a part especially early you know you give up some fast break dunks to zion they're hitting mm-hmm. their threes and again, we got back to within four, but it was it wasn't a good first half. We were missing some layups up close and some dunks up close, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just wasn't. We didn't play bad, but we certainly didn't play up to our potential. No, and but we played well, and we played well enough that we we would have probably beat almost any other team in the country. Yeah, that night, and we just happened to play the one team that could beat us that way. And I, I want to bring up something is that. And we talked a little bit about this last night, but this is a probably the best team that Tony's ever had. And we can argue about that, whether it was this one or the 2016 mm-hmm. Malcolm and Anthony Gill and Toby and uh, 
London era, but but this is um this is one of the best teams that Tony's ever had. Mm-hmm. And we just unfortunately happened to be up against the best team that our generation has probably ever seen yeah. in Duke. At least probably some of the best players in college grouped together on a team. And it sucks because we're going to have to beat them eventually or they're going to have to lose before we can get to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And one thing I said last night, and I try to walk it back a little bit this morning, but I still believe it, is that Duke is beatable. Like when they're shooting like they did last night, they're probably not beatable. Right. But they're, they normally don't shoot like they do last night. And mm-hmm. if that's a new trend for them, like God help the rest of the country. Yeah. But because you're not beating them. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I, one thing I want to ask you, Dustin, is I think they can be beat. Do you think they? Do you think we can beat them? And if so, what would it take? Well, we it would take them to have a bad shooting night, mm-hmm. like they did the first time, and for us to play good defensively, like we in like in the paint, like mm-hmm. we did last night. So it would take a couple of things, and we would probably need to get some calls to go our way this time. Uh, there were some definitely. I think we can talk about that later. Yeah. But missed calls <laughs> by the refs, and. We would also need to get them in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's something that we've done either game is get one of their stars into foul trouble, mm-hmm. which I think would help a lot. Because once you get them into foul trouble, you make other people play. Like Jack White need, could have played more. Javin Delore could have played more. If you get anyone else, Alex O'Connell didn't play at all last night. Mm-hmm. I think if we make them play other people, it would be better for us because it honestly, and we joke about this all the time. The matchup is not good yeah. <laughs> against Duke. They've got, I don't big, know who has a good matchup against Duke. No, though. I'll people, say that. people with big players, people who can defend the lane. And honestly, I mean, that's what we, that's what the back line is supposed to do is defend the lane. And we did a pretty good job last night. There was mm-hmm. a lot of times where we were able to trap those freshmen and they didn't quite know what to do with it. They, they turned it over several times. Uh, they would sometimes just throw it out of bounds, mm-hmm. but they were making all their threes. And so it would definitely take a couple of different things for us to be able to beat them. I think we can. I agree with you. I, I thought we would win last night just because of how Tony's able to change mm-hmm. um, after a game. Like he's really good at halftime yeah. to, uh, making adjustments and he's good at making adjustments for the next opponent as well. Like if you play opponent twice in the season, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if they shoot like that. Yeah. And so if they shoot like that, then no one can beat them. Yeah. I mean, you, I think you're exactly right. But for me, one thing, I think everything you said is spot on. And the one thing I'd add is I think we have to have a star player, like, really step up and, mm-hmm. like, shine and, like, take the moment and seize it. Yeah. You know, like, Joe Harris, I guess it was, God, what, six years ago now? Yeah, it was in the— uh, when, yeah. when he dropped 36 on them when we upset Duke— uh, I remember that game vividly. That was an awesome game. Yeah. And then even last season, you know, DeAndre Hunter was still kind of in the midst of his coming out party, but having Ty Jerome hit that three-pointer, that kind mm-hmm. of dagger, like some star players had star moments in both those games. And I mean, like you're talking even the uh, Duke game where uh, we beat him in the ACC championship a couple years back yeah. and like, you know, having to kill Mitchell, you know, guarding Jabari Parker like mm-hmm. he did. I'll even count that. I think we... In- I think specifically, it probably is going to be DeAndre Hunter. But I think we have to have our big players really rise to these moments. And DeAndre Hunter was limited a little bit by foul trouble in the first half. But I wanted to see him be more aggressive. He's our athletic wing that he's as close to an R.J. Barrett that we have. Mm -hmm. And like, I just wanted to see him do a bit more, I guess. Yeah, I feel like, I don't want to say he got lost, but he definitely sometimes wasn't as aggressive and i think that's just because of the way that the team plays they play as a team they play as a unit they're mm-hmm. not like trying to play hero ball or anything so i think it's not in their nature to want to be able to like make all these plays mm-hmm. and i don't think that they need to necessarily i think we can definitely beat them because we had three people scoring double figures last night and that's a lot for us that's a lot for uva and we've had more in the past but i think that we don't necessarily need some people. We don't need like hero moments, but we just need people to play up to the moment. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some sloppy turnovers last night. There were some missed shots that we could have done. You know that we're we're talking about missed shots. Like the Kyle 
um, floater that he missed and then the Jay Huff put back dunk that he missed right after that. You know, that's just an example of how we had these opportunities to make some shots, but we didn't mm-hmm. quite get it all down. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, one thing I want to emphasize is I don't think this game changes anything mm-hmm. as far as the season goes. No. Like, you know, Duke might win the ACC regular season, but that might be the only thing that it changes. It doesn't change the outlook of our season. I don't think it changes the outlook of Duke's season. Like, Mm -hmm. Duke is really, really good. And we're also really good. Yeah. Just Duke is better right now. I think think one thing it does change is NCAA tournament Mm seeding. And I think the only unfortunate thing about that is that Duke will probably get the East region at Mm -hmm. this point if, like, if they keep going this way. Uh, If we had beaten them last night, I would say we would have the upper hand in getting the East just because of where we are and, and... head-to-head matchup is important for committee mm-hmm. i think and so and the thing about that is the east regional the regional finals are in dc yeah. and that's so much closer to charlottesville we've talked about this before but in the bracket that cbs released they had us going out to the midwest which is kansas city mm-hmm. which is pretty far away i don't know how many uva fans kansas city has but i would guess not that many and so it's tough because it's a long way to travel It not not as many fans would be able to go probably. So that's unfortunate, I think. Yeah. I mean, we are spoiled though, talking about which bracket we'd rather be a one or two right. seed in. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I I guess my real point is that there's nothing that was like exposed last night that we didn't know no. of. Like there's not like some new like found kink in our armor. Like I think well, I think the kink in our armor is I think part of it is losing Momedy. I think yeah. that hurt. We should talk about that because I think that did have. You an want to talk about? You game. want to talk about that next? Yeah. Okay. Or what's uh, what's the kink in our armor first? I guess. Oh yeah. Well, I, I I agree with you. I don't think they exposed any. Yeah. I I think we're this is the same team. We knew what we were bringing, and we just couldn't get it done last night. Yeah. And that's a tough. That's tough to swallow, and I think it's really tough. I think I I hate to say this, but there were some UVA fans that were just like losing their minds because they felt like the sky was falling. And it's not. We're, we're twenty and two, which is a really good record, by the way. Yeah. Twenty and two. We uh, we have a great team, and we have a great coach, who's not going to UCLA, by the way. Yeah, that was a cute rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just want to interrupt, but because Dick Vitale had an wh- awesome tweet where he said that he would be voted the most uh, sexiest man alive before Tony Bennett would ever go to UCLA for the UCLA job. That's there was a, a rumor tweet. going around that. Tony Bennett was going to go to the UCLA job and Dick Vitale basically shut <laughs> all those rumors down. And I don't think Tony would. But anyway, we were talking about uh, kink in our armor. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. We shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, I we know what we're bringing to the table and Duke did not expose anything new. Yeah. So Mamadi Diakite, because I think this is important, you know, mm-hmm. obviously had a good start to the game. He was, he hit a three, but yeah. he was also, while we were missing some, you know, layups and dunks and floaters near the basket, he put his first two in, yeah. you know, seven points in 10 minutes. You said three double digit scores. If he had played a full game, he probably would have played four right? or we would have had four double digit scores. I think that mattered because especially uh, defensively, mm-hmm. because you just lose options. And I think offensively, you know, Jay Huff played all right, and we can talk about Jay Huff later. Yeah. Um. You know, Jack Saul. We know he's not going to be a true like scoring threat, but mm-hmm. so we lose the offensive threat, and then we lose the versatility of having someone like Mamadi, who at least at times is going to take Zion take take on guarding Zion Williamson. Yeah. So I think that was a story that I think it's picking up a little bit of traction now, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really talked about during the game. And I actually thought Jay Billis did a great job calling the game. But it was something that just wasn't really brought up in the second half. You yeah. know, Virginia's playing without a starter on the yeah. floor. So I think that mattered. And and I think ho- that played a role. Yeah, and hopefully he's all right because, I mean, he bonked heads with DeAndre. And DeAndre's got a hard head, it seems like, <laughs> because he didn't come back in. He looked a little out of it. They were giving him concussion uh, test protocol on the bench. So mm-hmm. I don't Was he on the bench for the second half? Yeah, at least? he was on the bench, but he never checked in. Yeah, so I think they might have been playing it safe or maybe he does have a concussion uh, it's unclear yeah, what know. it is but in any case i think he's a big loss because that means that we lose a really good defensive presence and he's been really consistent over the last couple games over the last couple of weeks he's been playing really well 
He's his offense is continuing to grow. You know, he he shoots threes occasionally. He's getting more comfortable around the basket and with a mid range jumper. Uh, he's a good offense. He's a good rebounder too, mm-hmm. and he plays really good defense a lot of the time. So losing him is tough, especially if we if we can't play him against North Carolina. I think it's a tough matchup. It's not a tough matchup, but that means we have to play more Jay Huff, yeah, and more Jack Salt, and go a little bit smaller probably with mm-hmm. more Braxton at the four. Yeah, and I mean Carolina is a heck of a team right now. Mm-hmm. You know they they I guess it was yesterday they will beat Miami in overtime. Barely beat Miami, in overtime. but we didn't do great against Miami no, either. We didn't. So we didn't have Ty Jerome that game. But mm-hmm. you know it wasn't. Long story short, like it's going to be another big game. It's going to be a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome to Final Four preparation if we're lucky enough to get there. Yeah, like this is a stretch if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and and I think that it it sucks because Mamadi. Not having him would be a huge blow to us. It just Mm -hmm. means more minutes for the people who played a lot on Saturday. And, you know, he's also, he's energy. He brings that energy off the bench. Like, I I talk about this all the time where he's so, I love watching him play because he plays with passion and energy and he just, like, is flying all over the court. And, yeah, so I think think losing him is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess this is my counter to this because I think you're right, but... Let's pretend I'm a sports radio guy who's got to fill a segment, so I just got to talk about something. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe this is beneficial to Jay Huff. And ultimately what I've said, and I'm going to care about every game we play in, but ultimately this season is about March for me. Like yeah. We know we're good. We've won the ACC regular season. We've won the ACC tournament. Like I want a deep March run. And really, you know, the only thing, like an Elite Eight would be nice. Mm -hmm. I think a Final Four is the goal, and I think everyone kind of knows that. So let's say, I don't know how Tony Bennett's going to bring out the team tomorrow against North Carolina, Mm -hmm. but let's say that means Jay Huff, instead of getting 10 to 15 minutes a game, maybe he gets 15 to 20. Yeah. I think think it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles that. Yeah, and I do want to say that Jay Huff did play well last night. He had eight points. Well, is this our Jay Huff segment? Yeah, it might as well be. Okay, Jay Huff segment. Well All right, so our weekly Jay Huff segment. We he he had eight points in thirteen minutes. He had only he had two rebounds, one assist, one turnover, one block, three fouls against a really good Duke team, and he played well. I thought he was able to spread the floor. He made both of his threes that he made. He was only one of four from two-point land mm-hmm. so that's concerning that he wasn't able to finish close to the basket we already talked about the missed putback dunk yeah i can think of one specifically too that was right underneath the basket yeah, and he, couldn't finish. he just it just kind of rimmed out yeah. and yeah so it's tough but it's good for him to get those minutes and he played in important minutes too he he uh almost finished the game for us mm-hmm. and he played a lot in the second half too which was helpful especially when mommy was out and I don't know. I think he, I think he played well, but I don't necessarily think that more minutes is great. I mean, we we could use him, yeah. And especially if we don't have Mamadi, we need to use him. But I don't know if I want to switch him out for less Mamadi. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to switch him out for less Jack. I'd switch him out a little bit more for, for Jack. Jack well, and but we and we talk about Jack all the time, and we love Jack here on the Guys and Ties podcast. But his offensive presence is a little lacking. Mm-hmm. To to be fair. But his defensive presence is awesome, and he brings the defense. I think he played pretty pretty good defense last night, mm-hmm. uh, considering that the matchup isn't a great one for him. On offense, you know, he sets those screens and gets our guards open, but it's tough against Duke when they switch everything. So his screening wasn't as good last night. It, it wasn't as helpful. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Huff could have uh, played a little bit more last night, but I'm not, I'm not saying he should have or shouldn't have. Yeah. I, I think that if there was one silver lining to this, Jay Huff plays a little bit more. Yeah. So he played, Jay Huff played 13 minutes yesterday. And as much as the scoring lift that he provided, you know, him doing the scoring, mm-hmm. you could see just, he's got vision too. I forget. He had a oh, really he nice. Had a dirty bounce pass to Braxton. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was trying to think who it was too. Yeah. He had a nice assist there. And that was his only assist of the night. He might have had an assist if Zion Williamson just wasn't a freak of nature. And I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you saw the video where mm-hmm. Zion, like, just soars and breaks up DeAndre Hunter's three. That looked yeah. like it was going to be wide open. Yeah, so like, when DeAndre caught the ball, Zion Williamson was on the, he was on the, he was in the paint, yeah. but like on the far side of the paint. So he was a, very far away from him. And somehow 
was able to go and block it. I mean, he it was an incredible block. But it, it was went, a great like, pass by Jay. It, you know, he saw it was a little low. Gray. It was a little low. Or he had he had the uh, he found him. He found him. <laughs> it wasn't a great pass, but like he got it to him. Yeah. And I really thought that it was going to be a it would have been a huge momentum shift if mm-hmm. we could have gotten that three. I don't know what the score was at the time, but just that the block was deflating just because like, it went Jesus, it went twenty like... twenty rows up into the stands. I think that yeah, it was. Uh, uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Jay Huff he has good vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some ball handling skills too. Like he he's not bad. He's not like Jack bringing it yeah. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> with all but, due respect. Yeah, with all due respect to Jack, he he's not a great dribbler at all, and Jay is much better. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we've seen him grow up this season and we, he continues to do so uh, with his confidence and and he's here. He's here to stay. And yeah. we've said that a lot, but he's been impressive. Mm-hmm. He's been impressive. And his defense is not a liability anymore either. Yeah, he got boxed out or he got pushed around by was it Delorier maybe? Mm-hmm. There was one in- I can only think of one instance in that game where I was like, oh, like maybe Jack would have stopped that. Yeah. When Jay didn't. But, you know, like. He's, you know, I never, I don't believe injuries are blessings in disguise. Like yeah. injuries suck. I don't know what Mamadi's deal is. Hopefully he's back soon. We don't know. But if you're looking for a silver lining, let's see how Jay Huff plays. And it, it's going to be interesting too, because North Carolina is an athletic team as well. Not to the extent Duke is, but they've got some guys on there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll mean, you know, one way we kind of countered not having Mamadi was more minutes for Braxton Key. Mm -hmm. Braxton Key played 27 minutes. Mm -hmm. Somehow had six offensive rebounds, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, he had 10 boards, which was great. in and of itself. He only had four points, but, you know, his presence was there. Um, We might uh, might try to go smaller with Braxton Key more at the four. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I hope Mamadi is able to play tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play tomorrow. In which case, I'm interested to see how Tony Bennett kind of mixes things up. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting if if Mommy doesn't play. I I think Braxton would start mm-hmm. instead of him, or maybe Kihei starts. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what Tony would do. Yeah, but I think I think losing Mommy for however long definitely hurt us in the Duke game, but hopefully will not hurt us as much going forward if the team is prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's not like one of these things where it's like oh like let's just get the injuries out of the way now. But at the same time, like if injuries are going to happen, like let's figure it out during the season. Let's mm-hmm. not play like this guessing game like we did against UNBC where yeah. we didn't have DeAndre Hunter. Like right. we need all our guys healthy for a deep run in March. It's mm-hmm. just how it's going to be. We're not making a deep run in March if you know our whole roster isn't fully ready to yeah. go. But you know if you're going to figure things out, let's do it now because. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. I say I don't care. I'll care about every game. But (laughs) in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make a difference to me whether we finish the ACC and number one, two, three. I don't think Louisville would jump us, but heck, even four. Like, it doesn't really matter to Mm -hmm. me. Like, we just got to take care of our business when it counts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think think an important thing is just to get one of those four buys for the ACC tournament. And I think we can definitely do that. You know, we play Louisville twice. We play North Carolina. And th- right now, that's one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. uh, us and those three teams, and uh, along with Duke. So uh, we play, we have uh, three games against the other top four teams. And I think that it'll be really telling if we can win those games and maybe get some help otherwise. Because outside of those games, the rest of our schedule is not too bad. It's actually pretty easy. It's a rough stretch here. But then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, we play Duke and Carolina in two day, within three days of each other, which sucks. But after that, we got Notre Dame. We have to play at Tech again. Uh, we play Louisville, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be some tough games in there at Louisville's. The at Virginia Tech and then at Louisville games mm-hmm. are going to be tough, and those are back-to-back. Uh, one's on Monday, and then the next one is the next Saturday. So... Mm-hmm. A long stretch of time to rest, but still tough. And then we play at Syracuse, which is also going to be a tough game. And we got Louisville at home to end the season. Uh, so we got we got definitely room for some quality wins in here. Definitely some room to step things up. But I'm not. I think at this point in the season, we are preparing for March, mm-hmm. and we are preparing for to get our guys ready. What are you looking for in these next eight games, Rob? <sighs> I don't know. Is health. there any? Is there anything to? Yeah. Besides health, <laughs> yeah. is there is there anything to work on? 
maybe maybe getting those turnovers down. I think yeah. that would be mine is just working on the turnovers. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I'd like to see us be more aggressive trying to get to the free throw line too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we only had seven free throw attempts against Duke. Yeah. Uh which you know, I'm I'm a big believer just because and I guess Duke had twenty three mm-hmm. um versus our seven, so three times as many. Yeah. Uh but I'm a big believer in free throws just because at some point like in the last game against Duke when our shots weren't falling we needed to find a way to get points I think we got to the line a little bit but that today's game you know it's not even like our shots weren't falling but it's just finding more ways to score and Mm -hmm. you know Anthony Gill was so good at that and like Malcolm Brogdon was really good at that Mm -hmm. and I look at this year's team and no we don't have players that are replicas of those guys but I don't see any reason why you know DeAndre Hunter can't be good at that or Braxton Key just anybody just cutting hard into the lane getting some bodies yeah. yeah And especially, you know, we're running our sides offense and we also did um, a lot of ball screen action yesterday. Mm -hmm. And in any of those situations, there's rolls to the baskets. And I don't see any reason why we can't just try to keep forcing that more. And it's it's interesting because it's a little counterintuitive because the three point shot is worth more. It's worth 50 percent more. And Mm -hmm. one thing that was brought up during game day, it was like, oh, well, like, what's the difference between UVA and Villanova? Well, like Villanova shoots a lot higher percentage of their shots from three, at least last year. So it's a little counterintuitive and we absolutely need to continue shooting from three. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've got three fantastic three point shooters on this team and Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter. I would even even throw Jay in. I would throw Jay in there. Kihei has really stepped up during ACC season. He's shooting about 44% from three during ACC season. So He's stepped up his three-point shooting game. Braxton, he missed his only take last night, but he can hit threes. Mm-hmm. We know that. And Mamadi even is yeah. hitting threes on a more consistent basis now. So we've got players who can hit threes. Uh, do you want to see us take more threes? Because we took 24 last night uh, compared to 36 twos. Do you think we need to take more, or or do you think we are we just got to hit them at a higher clip? I mean, we didn't hit him at a bad clip last night. 41%. Yeah, like... 42%. It's not awful. I mean, that's right in line with the season averages for our mm-hmm. best three-point shooters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I I've, I, haven't watched a game and been, man, like, I wish we would have taken more threes. Yeah. So I guess when I think about it that way, I think where we're at is fine. I've never felt like we haven't taken enough threes. Yeah. I've, I have felt that we have taken too many threes sometimes. Yeah? Like when? I, not this season, but like in the past, gotcha. I've never just just in general, I've never said, "Oh, we should have taken more threes that game." Mm-hmm. That's never occurred to me. Yeah. But I've definitely said we should not have taken forty threes <laughs> in that game. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, that, but I mean, that's we I got feel. the shooters, and Kyle Guy is a guy that, with rare ex- he forced one last night. I remember in the first half, but with rare exceptions, Kyle Guy is a guy mm-hmm. that I'm going to trust every shot he puts up, mm-hmm. like. His, I don't think we appreciate. I remember the first thing I saw with Kyle Guy when I saw him on the court at JPJ his freshman season was, holy cow! I've never seen. I'm sure I've seen NBA players, but wow! Like look at that guy's release. Mm-hmm. Like that guy's release is as quick as any player that's come through Charlottesville. Yeah, and we've had some good three pointers. Not Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in the three point contest, by the way. Yeah. So, but you know, Kyle Guy can obviously hit him. Ty Jerome can hit him. DeAndre Hunter can hit him. You know, I've never. I've never. I, to answer your original question, no, I, I don't think we necessarily need to shoot more threes. Yeah. I think we need to be more efficient on offense, yeah. meaning at this point in the season, limiting turnovers and mm-hmm. making sure we finish our shots that are makeable that we get in the lane. Yeah, I agree. And finishing a little bit, too, I think would be good. Um, but I guess a team like Duke finishing is tough, especially when you have to throw up crazy shots. Like Ty threw up some crazy shots that banked off the glass, and mm-hmm. they they went in, but... There's also some that just like clanked off, and and that's tough against a really athletic, good defensive team in Duke because they they're long, they're disrupting shots, they're making you shoot it in a different way than you normally would just because of their how big they are, how tall they are, mm-hmm. and that's that's something that is hard to work on because you know we're not going to play a team like them again. Yeah. Well, we might we might play them again, but oh, there's no yeah. replica of Duke out there in the no. country. No. And it was actually really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because Jordan Sperber, who I've just become a big fan of on Twitter, he had a video that he posted earlier today, and it was about 
basically contrasting the two styles of defense. You know, Tony Bennett and the pack line is system. It's rigid. It has rules. And when executed properly, it works. Duke also plays generally pretty good defense, mm-hmm. but it's sloppy defense. And the reason it's good defense is because they are so athletic right. and they are so long that they can recover. His example, we were running a sides motion offense. And I what, forget. What is that? It's when the... Uh, so the the guard is curling around the baseline. Uh-huh. The the blocker comes and sets a pin down screen for him, and mm-hmm. the uh, the guard curls around it. It's what okay. Kyle Guy is so good at. Yeah, okay. and so I forget who had the ball or who they were throwing it to, but Ty Jerome has the ball at the point. The guy, whoever it was, circles around the screen. Zion's behind him. I think it might have been DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. Zion's behind him. Uh, Duke didn't switch, so. He had the ball and there was room, but they just closed out so fast. And then Ty Jerome was wide open and what against most teams would be a three. And he swings the ball to Ty Jerome, but they just close out so fast and they couldn't get it off. And it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's not necessarily fundamental, but it works because they have the two best players in the country, not to mention Trey Jones and Cam Reddish, who are also very, very good. I mean, Cam Reddish is going to be an NBA player simply because he can hit his shot, even though he hasn't hit his threes at a high clip this year as people would have expected but his defense is really good just because he is so he has really long arms he's tall and he's quick he's Mm -hmm. fast so and he can guard pretty much the one through the four probably i would say Mm -hmm. like he was guarding um he had one steal last night where he just you know instinctively held his hand like out and he couldn't even see the ball but it just tipped off his fingers and Mm -hmm. you know they got a I don't remember if they got a fast break point. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Duke's going to get. They got a lot of blocks, a lot of steals. So they we, they play very different defense than us. I mean, and the best example of that is we've talked about this already, the DeAndre Hunter shot getting blocked by Zion. And Zion was, what, 30 feet away from him when he caught the ball Something, and was yeah. able to catch up. I mean, stuff like that. Like, DeAndre, there was no one around DeAndre. No one. He yeah. could have should have gotten the shot off probably. But... Zion is so quick, so fast, and so tall and athletic that he was able to jump up 10 feet and block the <laughs> shot. So I, I think that, yeah, different defenses. Yeah. Well, I like what the announcer said. There's two people, or maybe it was Kay or mm-hmm. Tony. I don't know. Someone said there's two people in the world who could have blocked that shot and both were in the gym tonight. I think that was Meaning Billis. Zion and LeBron. 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 Can so, we talk about that for yeah, a second? Shout LeBron. Out LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. Shout out to Rondo also for being in the building. That yeah. was weird. Yeah. I, I remember on Twitter, people were like, talking about how lebron was in the building but no one could really confirm it right and then espn, ESPN just, just showed popped it. it up and we're like oh nice <laughs> it's true it's perfect i mean I, and he was right in front of the band so he had good seats i don't know why i i mean i, I know why he was there he was there to watch duke mm-hmm. but yeah, was it what, it'd be cool yeah he texted k yeah, it might was, come down yeah <laughs> weird flex but yeah okay. I, all i'm saying is you know, it's cool to be in that position where LeBron wants to come to JPJ because of how good you are, but also how good Duke is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have come if it was anyone, any other top five team but Duke. Yeah. I don't think he would have. But it is cool that he did come to watch us. And I, I, I wonder if he talked to the UVA players at all. I know I uh, he, I he know. <laughs> had to have talked to the Duke players. He had to have. Yeah. Like at least said like, what's up? Like good game looking forward to playing against you in the NBA. But I, I'm wondering if he went to the UVA locker room and said anything. I, I, I'd i be curious to know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. It would be interesting. Yeah. But I've, I have no doubt he talked to Kay and Zion. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. Heck, R.J. Barrett. I was talking about this earlier. R.J. Barrett is such a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. And like any other season, he'd probably be the front runner for you know player of the year. Yeah. And He's just overshadowed by a guy on his own team. But, you know, like, we did a pretty good job against Zion Williamson, all things considered. I think he Mm -hmm. finished with 18 points. But I know, I think he only, he hadn't scored in the second half until there was, like, four minutes left. Some weird stat like that. But, I mean, RJ, man, like, he's hitting his threes. You know, he's just a terrific player, too. And, you know, Duke's got so many great players. Yeah. It just is what it is. I do want to say that we did a good job of... And we talked about this a little bit. We did a good job of forcing them into turnovers. Uh, Trey Jones had three, RJ had five, and Zion had five as well. And so I think we did a good job, once again, of getting them into the lane. And we did what the pack line wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Get them into the lane, force them to make a tough pass out. And a lot of times it, it went away, and they they weren't able to get it back. But once again, they just shot over us. It's tough when they do that. It's tough when that happens. I, I think 
honestly, I think if any team shoots 61 or 62% from three against us, we, we might, we'll probably lose. Yeah. And it's amazing that we were in the game for as long as we were, especially in the first half, uh, just because of how well they were shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's like, I forget the exact stat. I saw it on Twitter, but it was like historically one of the worst defensive performances Tony Bennett has ever had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were down by four at halftime. So the most most made threes against us since the pit game in 2017. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're going to do, man. Like, yeah, like nothing's changed. Like we said, like Duke is just that good. And it's weird. Like, there's part of me that wants to play them again because I think we can beat them. Like mm-hmm. it can be done. And they're fun. Ga- these are yeah. good games that <laughs> we're are. playing. I would I would love to watch another Duke UVA game. But then it's like, well, at what at what cost? At what like, cost? <laughs> I yeah. love these regular season games. They don't really mean much. And then it's like, oh, well, do we want to play them in the ACC tournament? Well, you know, do if, we want to play them in March Madness? Yeah, if we if we're going to meet them in the ACC tournament, most likely we're going to be the two or the three seed. Mm-hmm. And we will probably meet them in the championship if we see them again. Be the thought, yeah. And in March Madness, they're going to be on the, we will, uh, it depends on seeding and stuff, but we're going to be a one or two. Mm-hmm. They're going to put us far away from Duke. They they are going to want a matchup like that to be in the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to put a one and a two seed in the same bracket so we would meet them in the final four yeah those are the only two options for us to play them again and i would l- love love to play them again but um <laughs> at what cost yeah. it's like do you really want to rest the do whole we want season? do we want our season to be ended by duke and i i, I think that would probably be the most painful loss not no i do we on. have been to let the me, bottom of the ocean let as me, far as painful losses go let me take that back it would be a horrible way to win or lose, right? It'd be horrible, just like because it's it's soul crushing. It's yeah. like the the most powerful people you you don't you don't you don't want to see them win. You want to see them die. <laughs> so, and I don't want I I don't want them to die, but I do want them to lose in yeah. March Madness, so we don't have to play them again. I mean, ideal scenario is a two or like a fifteen seed beats them or a sixteen seed. <laughs> like God, I would love that. Wouldn't but. it be great if if they? Lost to a 16 seed, and no one ever talked about Virginia losing to UBC yeah. ever again. <laughs> That'd be the most perfect thing. Yeah. That'd be a great scenario, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And they're, they're probably going to make it to the Final Four, and hopefully we see them there. Yeah. I and, mean, they just kind of remind me of that Kentucky team that was undefeated, mm-hmm. and we were really good. And it's like, you watch them play, and they're like, yes, like, they're really good. Like, there's a reason they were undefeated up until the Final Four. But then you also see, like, Kentucky had some close games down the stretch mm-hmm. that season against some SEC competition. It, it's hard to be perfect in yeah. basketball, and we are lucky enough to, you know, we beat, we had that close game against NC State. We had a a rough game against Miami. We got we got some of them out of the way, but you know, our two losses against Duke, they're not bad losses at all. Like we we played really well in both games. Definitely didn't play perfect by any means, hmm. but it's tough to play perfect every single game, and when it matters most is in March, and so. Can we get to a spot like mentally and, and physically and as a team to where we can make those kinds of plays in March and not be, you know, and be able to overcome a shooting performance like that? Yeah. And like the thing I think of with Duke is like, are they the favorites to win the national championship? <laughs> yeah, I think probably. They they weren't last night. Uh, UVA had the best chance to I win. I did see that. I did see According that. According to BPI. And in, in my own head, they're the favorites to win the national championship. Yeah, But I at agree. the same time, odds are they won't win the national just because that's how statistics work. There's, like, there's 68 other teams yeah. that can win. And statistically, it's very, very difficult to pick the right national championship because so much can go wrong. Yeah. As we have seen last year... <laughs> So much can go wrong in one tournament, and so it's it doesn't one matter. Half, Syracuse, one half Syracuse, two years. Yeah, ago. no, that's like uh, that's like the ten second minutes, half of ten the minutes. Half. Yeah, so much can go wrong, and so it doesn't really matter what, like what happens. It's it's luck. It's luck. I There's mean, a you, lot of luck. You can have you can take and this, we're talking about March Madness now. You can take the best statistical person ever. I'm sure Ken Palm, if they made a bracket. It would be wrong. It would be. It would be probably one of the worst brackets ever, right? Because there's so much luck involved. I mean, you can take a random person off the street, have them pick either one or two for each of those things, and not even know the teams, and they would probably still have a better bracket than most people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two of my Q mates last year, 
I watched so much more college basketball than uh-huh. both of them, and yeah. I had I was awful in the pool, and I finished yeah. two and three. Of course, they and did. I was and like, that, well, <laughs> what are it's you unfair. Do? <laughs> Gambling is unfair. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I guess as we circle back on this, you know, like there's still the the important part of the season is still to come. It's still to come. Yeah, and we there's no way to prepare for it until we actually see what the bracket's going to look like and we see who our matchups are. So it's going to be tough, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, though. We got some good games coming up, but both Louisville games will be much better than we anticipated at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the Carolina game, Mm -hmm. too. Like, see how we respond. Like, that's going to be interesting. Do we play at 7 or 9? I think 7. Good. Because I can't can't stay up that late. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in my office either way. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be cool. Okay. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about with the Duke game? I think, um, I had some notes here, but I think we covered most everything. Yeah. Anything not in your notes or anything in your notes that we didn't cover? We did have more offensive rebounds than Duke, but we, but we had less second chance points than Duke. And that's the different than fast break points. They had more second chance points, which means that on the offensive rebounds that they got, they scored more than we did. And we I think we doubled their offensive rebounds and they doubled us in the second chance yeah. points. Yeah. I mean so, we just I mean then that goes back to missing some of these layups yeah. and like Duke had some that I think they popped out a three or two after mm-hmm. like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like you can get into the nitty gritty and when we get into the nitty gritty, I feel like we didn't didn't play that bad. Yeah. Like we didn't play perfect. We didn't play up to our potential, mm-hmm. but I think that performance beats most teams in college basketball. And yeah. Duke, Duke, I think hit like if there's a next level for Duke, like I don't, I don't even know if I'm ready to see it. Like <laughs> next level of hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, they they played to their strengths, yet also their weaknesses didn't look like weaknesses. You yeah. Know? They they doubled their three point their three point shooting percentage was double last night what it was on the season it's crazy like i don't it's I, crazy. I don't know we, what you're supposed to do we've been um we've been blessed and cursed at the same time to be able to watch this team this duke team at during this time i mean they're they're fun to watch we're gonna look back when we're old we're gonna say <laughs> i remember when i watched zion and rj barrett and 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 cam reddish all playing at the same time mm-hmm. on that duke team and uh yeah it's gonna be crazy to talk about 40 years from now when we're like how did all of these hall of famers stay on the same college team it'll be a 30 for 30 yeah 15 years what if i told you that three kids all decided to play on the same team and it'll be the same as the uh the nc state 30 for 30 with jimmy v where all the highlights are of them beating us yeah it'll be like oh final four <laughs> or elite eight whatever it was nc state versus virginia ralph sampson yeah. and then they beat us and then it'll be like oh the game of the year virginia versus duke can we talk we about something both. that's funny is that the the espn promo on twitter the day of the game was just three clips of zion dunking and it said duke versus virginia <laughs> and there was so many comments that said where's virginia in this promo this was like a 10 second twitter video yeah it was really really horrible because like they didn't even record they didn't even show that virginia was <laughs> like, you wouldn't have known if you just seen that you just think it was like zion highlight another zion highlight reel but it was for a game like, it was for a game against virginia so yeah. I thought it was. I thought that was. Stupid. It's funny too because game day people love us. They yeah. all love us. Game like day people Jay love Williams, uh, Jay Billis, and Seth Greenberg will all like go out and die on the hill for us. Like, Reese Davis too. Yeah. Reese Davis is awesome. And then and then like that's it, like that's that little sub segment. But then yeah. corporate ESPN is like hovering over. Like yeah. no no no. Like make sure Zion gets in there. <laughs> Seth Greenberg <laughs> was um, talking to some Twitter trolls, and he and the one Duke guy was like why don't you talk about Duke more? Like, you're talking about UVA. Like, how does UVA get back in this game? Why don't you talk about how well Duke is playing? And Seth Greenberg is like, yeah, we don't, we definitely don't talk about Duke enough. Like, we should talk about Duke more. And then the guy is like, I bet you picked UVA to win uh, at the beginning of the game. And Seth's like, actually, I picked Duke to win. And the guy's like, oh, thanks. I love Seth Greenberg, man. I love he's him funny. now that he's not a hokey. Yeah, he's funny. Like, he's great. He's great. I, I like his shoe game. He got shoe game. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think I think that's all we have for Duke game stuff. Unless you want to bring up anything else to talk about I mean, that makes you sad. Let's let's just move on. Oh, man. actually, I do have one more thing. All Sorry, right. I got one more thing. When I was with some friends last night at a bar, and we were talking about who's to blame 
for this Duke team existing. And I said the NBA <laughs> is to blame because of the one-and-done rule. No, Those three guys should not be in college right now. They should be in the NBA. I blame the NBA. One of my good friends, uh, his name's Avik, he blamed uh, Kevin Durant. And he said that <laughs> Kevin Durant's to blame because he made it okay for a superstar team to exist for no reason. To just leave, <laughs> leave everything that you ever wanted and worked for and those who would actually love you <laughs> to go play on a superstar team. And now everyone hates you. And that's exactly what Zion did to Clemson. Zion... And Clemson were match made in heaven, <laughs> and he left them for Duke to make the superstar team. And uh, so, do we blame Kevin Durant? Uh, you can blame you can blame Cal, Cal, Coach Calipari. Pretty much made the one and done the thing of mm-hmm. like the super team. Yeah, I mean, hell, blame K. K's become the master of it. Yeah, I don't puppet know, master. Man. Like, I'm blaming Kevin Durant. I, I really like his <laughs> argument. I think Kevin Durant's to blame for this. So yeah. thanks a lot, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Look how much you've Cost done. Cost us two wins, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I think I think with that, I think we're going to move on. And that's really all we're going to talk about this week is Duke. And I think we're going to give some yells at this point. So, Rob, do you have a yell this week? Yeah, you know, just we were just talking about how much we love uh, the game day crew. But I'm kind of tired of Jay Williams picking us mm-hmm. because I'll give my yell to Jay Williams because whenever he picks us, he's wrong. And, you know, he's been, I think he's over four now on the season with this game day picks. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact he picked us with yeah. against Duke last time. I yeah. know he picked us against Duke. Well, he kind of, he kind of picked us in a weird way. He said, whenever I pick someone, I'm wrong. So yeah. I'm picking UVA this time. So yeah. I don't know if he actually thought Duke I was going to win. He's a Dukey at heart. But yeah. But he, but he picked UVA twice this season. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. Don't pick us again, Jay Williams. Please. <laughs> uh, really just game day. Don't come, yeah. don't come back. <laughs> We're not good at game day. We're one in five in game days now. So yeah. it's uh, pretty bad. Pretty Justin, bad. your yell. My yell goes out to Jack Salt. I love the man, but his free throw that he bricked against the glass last night didn't touch rim. Uh, Barstool Sports <laughs> said it was the worst free throw ever. Uh, I might agree with them. It hit the like the top, barely touched the top bar of the of the box <laughs> and it was like that at that moment i just put my head on the table of the bar that i was at it was just soul soul crushing <laughs> to see that and like and, your dad should really talk to him man because dustin's yeah. dad was in an article about free throw shooting at uva yeah so the, my, the physics behind my it. dad's a physicist at uva and so he uva put out an article about malcolm's free throw shooting percentage in the nba and how good he is and they brought in my dad for the physics aspect and so my dad should give Jack some lessons on how to shoot. Although he did say that being tall makes it harder. Well, it hurts some... the angle or yeah, something like you gotta, that. Yeah, you got to arc it a little bit more. But Jack basically could have thrown it overhand and had a better <laughs> shot of making it than that free throw attempt. Um, but I think that's it for us this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Uh, give us a follow on iTunes and Podbean if you want to keep listening to Rob and I talk about UVA sports and how much we hate Duke and how much <laughs> we keep losing to Duke. And we will see you guys next week. All right? Go, Go Hoos, babies. Hoos.